Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome once again. This is Valerie Molyneux, President and CEO of Bit Friends Vitiligo Support Community. I want to welcome you to another one of my um, shows entitled Life and Journey with Vitiligo. And I am reaching out to speak people in the community with whom I've been friends for some time, but finally getting the opportunity to hear their life, their journey, their story. And today I have one of those special guests. But again, Valerie Molyneux with Bit Friends out of Boston today, where it's a balmy, sunny 23 degrees, but we have the wind that's whipping making it feel around 14. Uh, when I spoke to my guest earlier, they're doing 70 plus. So, you know, I'm a bit jealous, but I'm going to go on with this show. Um, but again, welcome those that are listening um, live right now, especially within our community. Excited to hear from this guest. And those that are listening at a later point in time on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, across the nation and even across the globe. We are so appreciative of you following us and staying with us. And we ask that you would consider supporting us. We're so blessed to be able to move out of a show that we've been doing for 10 years at a 30-minute show. It was very, very limiting, uh, 30 minutes only, but today we're grateful that on January 1, our team has put in and decided that we will fund this, um, to making it a one-hour show, giving us a chance to talk to our guests even longer. But if you'd like to support that effort, feel free to do so. And at the midpoint of this show, I'll give you more details. Well, again, welcome all the way from California. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, please, my special guest, Laurie Mitchell, author Laurie Mitchell. Hello, Laurie. Hi, Valerie. So nice to uh, hear your voice, and uh, thanks for inviting me. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. It's my privilege, my honor. We've been friends for some time, and to finally hear your voice, this is awesome. Tell us a little, if you will, who is Laurie? Um, I know I said California. Tell us about Laurie's life, work, family, as much as you'd like to share. Introduce yourself to our audience. Okay. I'm Lori Mitchell. I'm an author, illustrator, art teacher. Um, I have been doing children's books, and I go to schools to talk about diversity and acceptance and to talk about vitiligo. And I, uh, my daughter, April, has vitiligo and started when she was a baby. Um, I went to school to be an illustrator, and when April was getting a little bit uh, older, about four years old, she started to notice uh, that other people were different, and people were starting to notice that she looked a little different, and that's why I wrote the book, Different Just Like Me, and that's what kind of started me on the path of getting into kids' schools and talking to them about diversity and acceptance and um, doing more books and information about like. Awesome. So Lori is a mother, like you said, um, author, but way in the beginning, before writing this particular book that we'll delve into a little more, 
what were, what was the experience like about vitiligo? Did you know of vitiligo? Anyone having vitiligo before the birth of your daughter? That's a good question. I had never really heard about it. I know that I've seen people with uh, the light patches, and I didn't know the name of it, and I didn't know anything about it. Hmm. And you, there's no family history, no trace of, of it anywhere? No, it was not, nothing in my family. Wow. Now, how old was um, April when you first noticed, and um, how was that going to the doctor and treatments? Bring us up to speed a little bit. She had a brilliant pediatrician uh, that knew exactly what it was right away, and mm-hmm. that I understand is kind of uncommon. Um, so Dr. Chun said that she probably had vitiligo. It was a small dot on the inside of her thigh when she was eight months old. And uh, he said it, it could probably just stay that way and it might not change at all. And then over the next uh, three years, it spread like wildfire and covered about 50% of her body. Wow. A mother taking your child to the pediatrician, eight months old, what mm-hmm. this, did this do? Because she's still innocent, know nothing. What did this this do to you as a mom of this baby with vitiligo? I was, I was um, of course, protective of April and wanted to make sure she had the best medical treatment, and I didn't know anything about vitiligo. So I'm the type that will dig into something. So at the time, mm-hmm. there wasn't computers and stuff, so I my mindset was I'm going to go find out as much information about this as possible. So I actually went to the medical library on the college campus here mm-hmm. and <laughs> checked out all these different books about uh, medical papers on vitiligo. There was one um, that was in Russian, and I thought, who do I know that's Russian <laughs> that can read this and figure this out for me because I was I was that involved in trying to mm-hmm. decipher if it was going to be something harmful to her. Wow. Excellent job. Now, <clears throat> I'm sorry, going into kindergarten, uh, first mm-hmm. grade, kindergarten, first grade, where was vitiligo for her at that point? Right. So um, as she was uh, in preschool and uh, going to preschool, her friends knew her as it was progressing. So they, they didn't, it wasn't all of a sudden. So mm-hmm. they saw it kind of c- coming and they didn't, say too much about it but in uh, kindergarten she was going to be with a whole new group of kids that had never seen her before and it was uh, you know about 50% of her body so it was a lot it was covered a lot so I was trying to figure out what to do because I didn't want anybody to make comments that were negative I wanted them to understand what vitiligo was and I was trying to figure out what to do and I because I lived with her too, it was like I hardly, I didn't really notice it that much. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe they won't notice. And mm. so the first day of uh, when we went to an orientation, it's all the parents bring all their kids and yeah. go to an orientation the night, you know, before or something. I think it was the week before. And so I brought April and there was a lot of open mouths, a lot of pointing, a lot of, wow. what is that, mom? I don't know, you know. So I thought, oh gosh, I was um, really beside myself thinking I, you know, I can't send her off to the first day of kindergarten with if this is what's going to happen. So I was trying to think of what to do, 
and I thought I could bring her up in front of the class on the first day of school and just point to her and say, this is vitiligo, and you're not going to catch it, and she's okay, and uh, just give them a little information about vitiligo. But April was really shy, and yeah. so I thought her up on the very first day of class and pointing her out, and she would not, go, that oh. wouldn't go well. And so I thought, well, I could send her to the principal's office. I could send her to the principal's office, and then I could get up and tell the whole class what vitiligo was so that they all knew, and then when she came back, they would all know what it was. And I thought, that seems sneaky or wrong, or it just feels <laughs> uncomfortable. That doesn't seem like the right thing to do. And so what we settled on was, on the first day of school, we dressed her up so that she had long sleeves and tights. And it was a really cute little outfit, but it covered most of her vitiligo. Mm-hmm. And so on the first day, nobody said too much. And then at the end of the day, we sent home a letter. And it was a letter from April. And so mm-hmm. it was, um, you know, I'll be with your your child at school. And I just want you to know that I have something called vitiligo. And it is... Uh, just two colors of skin, your child's not going to catch it, and I just wanted you to know. And I like cats, and my cat's name is Gizmo, and my favorite food is uh, spaghetti. And so it was more than just, oh, there's that the kid with the weird skid thing. That's what April would say. Um, You know, I'm not just going to be the kid with the weird skid thing. I'm the kid that likes spaghetti, or I'm the kid that likes cats. And do you have cats? I have a cat, and my cat's name is, you know... So she's more than her skin. She's she's a whole person, and we were introducing her to the to the group, and it yeah. was really helpful because then the next day that they all got together, she wore her usual shorts and a little t-shirt, and mm-hmm. um, nobody really even said anything. So they knew that she was okay and uh, just another friend, and they got used to her her spots and. They uh, went about their day. But then in first grade, she was in with the whole population of the school. So mm-hmm. in kindergarten, they stayed in their own section. But the when she moved up, then she got to know everybody. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, no, I don't know what I'm going to do. So um, she had a really good teacher. I know you know about good teachers and how that can change the life of a child. Oh, yeah. And Miss Shirazi was proactive, and this is so important, I think, for kids to, to know this and for parents to know this, and if, if their t- teachers are not being proactive, they need to step in and be proactive with the teacher and make a plan. Yes. Make yes. a plan. Don't just let it happen. Don't just wait until, well, maybe people won't say anything, or let's just wait till something happens. Don't wait till something happens. Start, start out proactive. So her teacher invited her to the class, early uh, to help her set up the classroom. Oh, that's this nice. was huge. It was huge because April felt comfortable in the classroom. She felt comfortable with her teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, she talked to her teacher about what she, you know, was thinking. Her teacher knew that she needed sunscreen at recess or whatever. She couldn't mm-hmm. be on the sun much. She needed to wear her hat, you know, all these different things. Her teacher got her a special little mirror because I was telling her, you know, she doesn't like to put on her sunscreen. She doesn't want to seem different. She doesn't want to be the one putting her sunscreen on, and you know, if she's going to be out there for a long time. So we would put her sunscreen on in the morning, but if they were going to have a special day, whatever. So her teacher gave her this special little mirror, and she felt so special. She would keep this little mirror in her desk, and that if she needed to put her sunscreen on, she could take this special mirror out that her teacher gave her and put her sunscreen on, and she felt so special. 
The other really important thing that her teacher did was the first day of school, they all line up on the playground to come into class. They all lined up. April was in the front. All she did was put her arm around April. She didn't have to. She didn't have to make a big deal about it. She just could touch April. And mm-hmm. if it's okay if the teacher touches April, it must be okay if I touch April. And it just said volumes without saying anything. Oh, my goodness. That was beautiful. It was amazing. And then there was an incident with a first grader, uh, second grader, actually, that came up to her and pushed her and said, I don't like the way your skin looks. And so April came home and told me, and she was not happy, and I was not happy, and I was ready to go to the school and give that kid a talking to. <laughs> and I thought, I can't always fight her battles. Yeah. So she's she's going to need to know what to do here, and I don't want her to think that every time something happens that I'm going to come save the day because that's not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. So, And I didn't want to tell April, this is what you need to do. I wanted her to think about what do you want to do? And so I yeah, opened cool. up the conversation, April, what what do you want her to know? And so she thought about it and she said, well, I, that I don't like it when she does that. Okay, that's yeah. good. What else? Well, I want her to know that she she's not going to catch this and that I'm just like her. And, yeah. you know, so it went on like that, that she had time to kind of process what she wanted to do and what she thought about it and what she wanted the other girl to know. And so the next day, I get, um, I was thinking, I, you know, I'll probably have to go up there. <laughs> Anyhow, and this is all, I'm just learning in the process. I don't know what to do. There's no book yeah. about what you're supposed to do or how to handle this. And so um, my idea was to go up and I could talk to the whole class and, you know. And so she ended up calling me from her classroom. Her teacher let her call. She said, I think this is a kind of an a big deal. And so April called and she said, I told her that I didn't like the way that she pushed me and that my skin was just like her skin, but it was just two colors. And she said, okay. <laughs> so, oh, wow. well, I don't know what, that, I don't know what that means if she's not going to do it again or, you know, like, where's this going to go? But that's great. I'm so glad that she stepped up and talked oh, to this girl and didn't just let it sit, you know, yeah. and that yeah. it ended up that that girl never bothered her again. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. All the techniques that you shared, I hope and I pray that for parents that are listening, uh, I know our children's leader and those ladies who are hopefully going to listen today or they'll get it at a later date. These are amazing techniques. To have her write that letter. That that was really good and signed by her, her signature, so it wasn't coming from me. It wasn't from her dad or a teacher it's coming right from april and this is who i am not just my skin i'm more than my skin and to go into school and for the teacher with that heart to to let her come in early all of those little techniques i pray that our people that are listening um will will get a chance to to practice and to do some of these things especially when their kids are young as you're saying kindergarten first grade is the place to begin this and so let me, it's a good segue. Let me um, throw it out to parents. If you want to call into our author today, the amazing uh, Laurie Mitchell, you can reach her at 516-666-9973. Laurie, um, I don't know if you have ever written some of this. Um, these techniques need to be written down so that parents can have 
something to follow because you apparently started out with a good pediatrician. We're still having parents that are going into pediatricians and who are saying, don't know what to do, don't have anything to give them, maybe treatment will work. But if they had this little um, sort of guidebook from Laurie Mitchell saying, these are techniques. Have your child write a little letter. Have your child go in. All of these, a mirror, a teacher giving the child a mirror, stop. That's amazing. No, isn't that so good? Oh I gosh. do have them down. I wrote down a bunch of stuff that, that worked. And, I mean, I, we, it was a lot of trial and error, and I'm absolutely not an expert for sure, but uh, we did learn. I learned on the fly, you know. Yeah. And so we wrote down a lot of the different things that did work. And so if you go to the website, differentjustlikeme.com, go mm-hmm. to resources. If you click on resources, there's a part that says for kids uh, with yeah. vitiligo. And you can click on that, and it's uh, pictures you can see April when she was a little kid, and you can see her now. And you can see all the different things that we tried and what worked. And I, I add different things to it. If I hear uh, from other parents that give me ideas, I'll put those up there. Or, um, yeah, so there's a lot of different techniques on there throughout her, her school, uh, what helped. I tell you, Lori, that's such a brilliant idea because it's, it's needed. It's needed. And I'm on the other spectrum. Um, as a kindergarten teacher, I, I'm, you know, when I tell people that the first month or two of school for me over these last 20 years yeah. is the extreme worst. Because you yeah. have the parents and the child would come in, like you, you talked about, and yeah. I'm reaching my hand, I'll shake the parent's hand, how are you? And then when I reach, extend my, my hand to the child, oh boy, the child is jumping, running, or getting behind the parents, and my heart breaks. Yes, and yes. The child comes to school the next day on the school bus or comes to school with the parent, and this child doesn't want to come in. I can't touch the child. For the first month or two, Yes, it, it yes. was a struggle for me as an adult. Could you imagine yeah. a child? Could you imagine yeah. a child? Yeah, I think that's so important, and to be able to talk to the parents right away about, yeah. you know, let, what's your plan? What do you want to do? You know, yeah. let's get let's set something up right now. Yeah. So let's let's move on a little bit. When did yeah. writing... When did writing happen for you? I know you said you went to college for that. So um, tell us a a little bit about when uh, writing began for you and how then, um, how did the book about April's life, um, and by the way, I had the privilege of reading that to my class. Um, There's one in my class. There's one in the main library. Tell us a little about that. So I I went to school to be an illustrator, so just to draw the pictures for the books, I never thought of myself as a writer. I have a little problem with mixing up my letters, and I went to special English and, you know, had some yes. struggles. And yes. so uh, when I got the idea to do the story, it was uh, April, we were at a, a softball game or a, f- a baseball game, and we were in a great big stadium with, you know, 40,000 people, and she had a question about every single person in the stadium. How come that guy's so tall, and how come that person's in a chair with wheels, and why is that person, you know, bringing a dog to the game? And so I was trying to explain, like, look, we're all so different, but we're all here enjoying the baseball game, so we're all so much alike. Mm. And it was at the same time that people were asking her about her vitiligo. She was about four, and it was starting to spread to her hands and to her face. 
And mm-hmm. so um, they were, you know, they thought maybe she got burned. And I'm sure you've heard some of the, the ideas that people have about vitiligo. And so I was trying to say, you know, we're all different, but we're all more alike than we are different. And so I thought when I get home, I'm just going to go to the library. I'm going to find some books about that and bring them home and show her, look, we're all alike, but we're all different. Um, yeah. or more more alike though so i couldn't find one book that had everybody all together it was you know one book about um hearing impairment or one book about people in wheelchairs or you know it was one separate book about mostly that same thing but not everybody all together and so i thought well i have to put something together i'll put ideas together and then i'll give it to a real author you know <laughs> have them write it and yeah. i put this and I showed my friend that is a, a writer, and she said, this is fine. You know, you just have to adjust a couple of things, but, you know, this seems all right. So I sent it to a publisher, and I sent it to 17 publishers, actually, <laughs> and 16 of them said no, and the 17th one said yes. And yeah. it was a time when vitiligo was not um, – a household word. And right. so they didn't want to do a book just about vitiligo. They wanted to do a book about um, diversity, that that would be a book that they could put out and felt like they could, uh, you know, get behind. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to sneak vitiligo in here because <laughs> yeah. I'm getting it in here, whether you like it or not. And so the, the book different, just like me has April as uh, without her vitiligo, but on the cover, you can see in, this is the secret for all of you people that have vitiligo. You'll, you'll know this, that on the cover, it looks like she has vitiligo. If you know about vitiligo, you can see that it's vitiligo, but if you don't, it just looks like light and shadow on her face and right, on her hand. Right. Right. So, um, but in the book, um, I I set it up so that you would be able to relate to that little girl, April. Everybody could relate to that little girl, April. I'm just like her. Look, I'm like her. Look at her. She right. looks kind of like me. I tried to make her as generic as possible. And then each time, each day, she is going to see all these different people, and and then she realizes she's like them. I'm like them. I'm like them. So I'm thinking, whoever's reading this story can see I'm like April and she's like them. So maybe there's that bridge. If if yeah. she's like them, I'm like them. So I really wanted to just get that uh, across um, that we're all we're all we all might look very different, but we are all so much more alike. So and, that yeah. was the inspiration for the book, and I I really was writing this book for April. I really, yeah. in my heart, this book was for April, and I didn't even think of where it was going to go or what was going to happen. And then to be invited to go on Oprah and that I could show it there was like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> that's crazy. But I've heard from other people uh, from all over the world that have seen this book, and I'm so grateful that April was the inspiration to yes. get this story out there and I even heard from uh, Winnie Harlow the, Chantal the um, yeah. model that had yeah. that her grandma got it for her uh, when she was little and that it really did make a big difference and I thought man that that's huge because April follows her and is inspired by her and yeah. um, I'm grateful that you know we had and a little bit of a positive thought that this book would have such such a reach, you know. Right, right. Now that I you're saying to, about the picture on the cover, I'm looking at the picture right now, and you're right. If if yeah. one 
has no clue as to what vitiligo is, you can't tell. But looking at it really close, you can really see the, the shadows and know that yeah. they are vitiligo. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Wonderful, wonderful job. And, you know, uh, uh, like you said, it's, it's the book has gone places, reached so many people. Um, yeah, and right on the back cover it says, I've seen an, an um, Oprah show. If, if it made it to Oprah, you know you've done well. Yeah, yeah. And just to give me the opportunity to be able to get into schools and talk to kids about diversity, because they, at first, they weren't opening the door for me to talk about vitiligo. At April school, they did. They were very good about that, and that I could go to each classroom individually and talk to them about diversity, but also to talk about vitiligo. But um, when I would go to other schools, if I said I was going to be just talking about vitiligo, they, they wouldn't open the door. But if I would say I'm talking about diversity and acceptance, yeah. doors would swing wide open. That's and so I would part. get my foot in the door, and then I would be able to talk about vitiligo. And so many kids didn't know what it was. And so it was really um, – it was just felt good to be able to share the the you know the ideas and that there were kids at these different schools that did have vitiligo and that they didn't used to feel proud of it and that they would stand up and it like almost makes yeah. me cry that they would stand up and put their hand up and like I have that too and they wouldn't wow. do that before and, and now they're special like look at it. she's talking about vitiligo and that it's okay and that yeah. April has it and I have it and so it was. Um, I mean, there's so many times I would leave these school visits in tears. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, I, I tell you, congratulations. It, it, I'm sure it's sold lots of copies. Um, I even got from you the idea when you talked about going into schools. And so um, that was one of the things that I got from you over the years. That this, uh, And I'm saying it has to be making an impact, but you know, more of us have to do that. So yeah. I got this idea um, in 2019 to to talk to my team about taking your book and then we try to get other books. And so we're grateful yeah. that we've got 48, 48, 52, some amount of books shipped across That's the country cool. into schools. So thank yeah. you for and your contribution so many- now that are just about vitiligo, I'm so happy to see that, that there's so many really good children's, the small just picture books that have yeah. these wonderful illustrations of kids with vitiligo yeah. and that there's in, that kids with vitiligo are being included in other things like the Girl Scout boxes yeah, for cookies. cookies. Yes. Which, oh my I, that's amazing to me. I just yeah. am thrilled about that. Well, let's 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 um take a break. I'm going to take a break now. Grab yourself some tea, some coffee. Let me do Great. some announcement and uh, some announcements, and then we'll get jump right back into your connection with Bit Friends and how we got connected and FDA and a little more. Right. So uh, let's good. take a break. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you're hearing my conversation, we're going deep, and we hope to go even a little deeper with uh, Arthur. Uh, Lori Mitchell out of California, and we're going to hear some more, and the lines will be open at this midpoint for you to call her, ask her any questions. We're at 516-666-9973. Again, this is Valerie Molyneux, President and CEO of BitFriends, and it is my delight, my privilege, my honor to be bringing you these amazing 
uh, members of our Vitiligo community with our life and journey um, conversation. Um, as far as our announcements, um, we're happy to report that the next show uh, by my co-host, Mark Braxton um, of North Carolina, that show will be on Sunday, the 21st, when he'll have a conversation with Lawrence Wingate of North Carolina. He was instrumental um, when the birthing of the Vitiligo rally on the Capitol steps. He was one of the people I consulted with. And so you don't want to miss that conversation. The things that he's doing now, um, you'd want to hear. Um on the 23rd, which is that following Tuesday, I will have a conversation with Angie McAdoo, um, originally of Maryland. I believe she lives um, uh Tennessee or something now. But we're going to have a great conversation at noontime on the 23rd, and that you don't want to miss. Um, finally, for March, on the 26th, um, Mark Braxton will host... Uh, a Zoom meeting. It'll also be live on Facebook entitled Meet the Big Friends Board. And so he has some questions for us. He has some um, fun things and it'll be open to the public. And so again, join us for the rest of March and April is loaded. I can tell you for April 2nd or 3rd, I have a conversation that I'm looking forward to having with Lovis of Chicago and her son. So lots of things happening as far as our blog. One thing I wanted to push this morning is um, we wanted as a community to find things to um, interest and to bring some joy into the community um, nationally. And so we decided on classes. So Vit Friends, we're offering classes. And so our first class is March, I'm sorry, April 2nd, 3rd, the date, I don't have it before me right now, but we're having Spanish classes coming up. If you go to our website, there is a page um, designated to um, our class um, in in April. We'll have in a cooking class. Our brother from Italy will be live giving us a cooking class. Um, we're having an art class. We're having... Uh, wine 101, if you want to know about wines, we have a, a brother in the Vitiligo community, David Thorne, out of Ohio with a, his very own winery, and he'll give us a class, Wine 101. And these classes are about four or five classes for the month, and they're only $25 to help us sustain our group in this um pandemic season we're living in. It's a struggle. So as we bring you fun things, you're helping us as well. So we look forward to more of you signing up for these classes. It's going to be a fun time. Again, VitFriends Vitiligo Support Group is at www.vitfriends.org. If you have any questions or concerns, we're willing to listen. We have an 800 number designated to our community day or night. I love how our vice president, Patricia Rossi, would say say it. If you feel like you're on the cliff and you just need someone to talk to, we're going to raise our hands Mm -hmm. to let you know that we're here for you at 844-3736-39. 
any time, day or night, we're here to talk with you. Uh, if you want to drop us a note, we're at support at bitfriends.org. And please let us know your concerns, your questions. And last but not least, no, I wouldn't even touch it because I'm going to go to Lori on that question as well. So, again, uh, live from Boston and live coming in from California is my special guest, uh, Laurie Mitchell, and let me just jump right back into our conversation. Laurie, are you there? I am. Hi. Okay. So, again, I do applaud your reading in the schools and all of that, but tell us a little, how did you learn about, know about, connect yourself with BitFriends? Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so I've been involved with the Vitiligo community since there was a listserv, if you <laughs> remember back to those. Um, so when the computers were just kind of getting going, there was a listserv. And um, so I was always really active in finding out all the medical information about Vitiligo, as well as psychological information about uh, how other people, other parents were dealing with it and so on. So that evolved into being active in other uh, Vitiligo communities and then yeah. the Facebook page came up with uh Vit Friends and I just I loved how everybody was able to just get on there and share their uh you know from their heart about how they felt about it and that there were some disagreements and I thought that's you know in a family there's going to be disagreements but they were always oh, yeah. respectful and yeah. um so anyways we got so I got to know you and we've talked <laughs> and um, the different conferences, I actually started, I think it was one of the first Vitiligo conferences uh, in San Francisco. It was back when April was eight years old. Um, I just, uh, through all these different outreach, you know, that I had, I just said, who wants to meet in San Francisco? <laughs> wow. So we had people from all over the place, uh, and Dr. Grimes was there. Um, that was April's uh, uh, pediatrician, uh, dermatologist. And yeah. um, so it kind of just went, it went from there. So I've been active with the Vitiligo community for a really long time. Yes. Well, um, and then um, even bringing it fast forward, I got connected with April and the conversation. Uh, I always loved her picture on the, the book with her boots. And I, I yeah. was thinking about people to invite and to speak at a Boston um 2018 conference. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. So I, I wrote out to you guys and April said, yes, she, she would come. And oh my goodness. Um, I said, you would be one of the speakers. And she came and her trademark red boots. Tell us a little about yeah. her red boots. Yeah. So her red boots in the story, she got these red boots that were a little bit too big for her and she loved them and she would wear them every day. So that ended up in the book that she was wearing these red boots all the time because she really wouldn't ever take them off almost. And then when her feet got too big to get in them, she would try to get her feet in these red boots for as long as possible. Um, and then as she grew up, she you know grew out of the boots and then she saw these red boots and now she's, in, you know, she's older now and she went yeah. and bought these, these just fabulous red boots. Yes. It was good to have her and to finally, you know, after all these years, to meet yes. with her and her special friend, of course. And so we had a, we yes. had a fantastic time. Yeah, they, she loved it. She she wanted to go back. We were planning to go back this last one, but you know what happened. I remember. Yeah. I remember. 
But hopefully pandemic will leave us alone and go back to where yeah. it came from and we'll get back in the groove of things um, yeah. hopefully next year for sure. You know? Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Yes. Now, the, the latest thing that happened last Monday, I was glad Well, in our conversation you said you were on that call. Tell us about yeah. your experience attending the FDA call. Well, I was so impressed with the stories and that people were so personal and they were so heartfelt and I had tears in my eyes and um, I just, I hope it moves the needle because I think it's so important to get those personal stories out there and especially to the right people that are going to hear it and hopefully put some funding behind it. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the they said to us that the the number, I, I believe the last count was 1,020 in attendance. Very good. And so that was, you know, even conversations with um, Dr. Um, Rich Huggins, uh, we were saying, oh, my goodness, it would be nice to get about 1,000 people. And so, yay, we did and we exceeded that number, you know. And we just yeah. pray that um, – the FDA has heard us, heard our hearts, and that things will yeah. change. Things will yeah. change. We still have issues in this community yeah. and the things we want. We're looking and praying for a national vitiligo act. That's that's for mm-hmm. sure. And so yeah. we pray that this is a beginning. Yes. Yeah. Good work. Yeah. Um, and thank you for all your, the work that you've done. I know. I know it's. Um, it's a lot of hard work, and I I just wanted to throw that out there that you've you've really come a long way. Well, thanks to people like yourself um, and others. Um, I I I don't take the word pray prayer lightly. I know that mm-hmm. people are praying for me for this work. I I know um, from you know. Let me just go ahead and put it out, Laurie. You you didn't tell me to say this, but I'll say this. I mean, I remember one time when you said you were going to some function or something and you were going to sell books and you said, Valerie, all the money that I raised at that, whatever it was, mm-hmm. you were going to send it to me. I held, I covered my face because I didn't, I, I said, oh my goodness, God, you're for mm-hmm. real. You know, people yeah. are really seeing that oh. what we're doing is making it. So Laurie, thank you for your heart. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I I am happy to do it. Yeah, 10% of the book always goes to to Vitiligo research. Yes. Thank you so much. Um it, it's it's been a journey. I mean, you know, 2009 2002 when I was diagnosed, there was nothing here in Massachusetts as far as support groups. And so yeah. I I just about lost my mind in 2007 I went to a VSI conference in Virginia and the birthing of this idea took over my head because I'm saying there has to be something that can be done in my area, if not in Boston, just mm-hmm. on the Northeast, somewhere on the East coast that I can go to it. And so right. coming back and telling uh, these ladies who are now since that time, 2007, uh, Patricia Rossi out of New York, our vice president and our leader out of Connecticut, Millicent Meadows, I said yeah. to them, would you help me with this task? I yeah. know I hear I hear the voice saying I have to do it, but I know I can't do it alone. And they well, said, you were sure guided. Yeah. 
they said they'll be with me, and I, I you know, they're still, and I, I'm just grateful. When That's people so talk about, how did you get on the Capitol steps in Washington, yeah. D.C.? I said, it was a vision. I wrote yeah. it down, and I began posting on Facebook, and the messages came from every end of the globe. That's I so had great. from Nigeria asking, can you get me a passport from Russia? That's amazing. Can you get me a passport? You know? Wow. So, thank you. Um, Valerie, thank can I you. share just one of the things that really helped April get through school? Yes. One of the things that we did that seemed to be key in getting uh, through school was that we would we would talk about how she would reply if anybody said anything about her skin. So mm-hmm. she would have she would have something ready. So rather than taking her by surprise and and no matter what they said about her skin, she would have a quick answer. And so right. we would practice at home and I would just kind of, you know, every once in a while we would I would say, "Hey, what's what's on your skin?" or you know, in just in a playful way, and then she would be um she would come back with, "I just have two colors of skin. I'm just oh. like you." She had just a, a quick little thing to be able to reply, and so that nobody could um, make her feel ashamed of her skin. So we would yeah. we would make sure that that wasn't an option, that she wasn't going to ever feel ashamed of her skin because there's nothing to be ashamed about, and that it's just a fact that she has two different colors of skin. Mm-hmm. So different people would call you know her uh, Dalmatian or like chocolate and vanilla, and you know all these different. Uh, terms, but she knew that um, her skin was just two different colors of skin. There's nothing to be ashamed about. And so um, there was a, a time, you know, different kids would say certain things. And so we were practicing about what to say if somebody said something that you didn't like. Mm-hmm. And the idea came to me that it doesn't matter what they say, it doesn't make it true. So I was trying right. to think, how get that through to her and so um I was leaving her room and I was trying to think and I came back around and I popped my head in the wind in the doorway and I said you're a tomato and she looked at me and she's like what you're a tomato she's like I'm not I'm not a tomato well I can say you're a tomato that makes you a tomato and so she's like and then she just started laughing so hard and so any time that anybody would ever say anything that wasn't true, that she felt was not true, that's not who I, you know, whatever you're saying, and that's not true. She could remember back to me calling her tomato and relate yeah. that, and that. That was funny and that she could laugh at it and that it took all the sting out of it. It took any kind of shame out of it because I'm not whatever you're saying I am. So um, it just gave her a little tool, you know, to kind yeah. of keep in her back pocket that if anybody was going to come to her and say something that was mean or whatever, it didn't make it true just because they're saying it doesn't make it true. That's a beautiful technique. I mean, you people, parents are having their kids practice for all sorts of things. Practice your ballet, yeah. practice the piano. Why not? Pr- right. That is beautiful. Oh it, my goodness. It seemed That's to work and we would technique. try, you know, sock puppet kind of stuff, you know, yeah. what would you say? And then sometimes she would be, she would say it to me, and we would just go back and forth and just playful, not serious, you know, yes. but just to try to practice how to reply. Wow. For parents out there that that's listening, oh, my goodness, you're giving us some amazing things that we can try, practice with our kids, and mm-hmm. as a way of preparing them for the real world. Yeah. 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 Wow. 
great, great, great ideas. Now, with all that's happening, with all the groups that you, you know, you and I have talked about, all that you've seen, what in your heart of hearts, what do you see as the future of Vinalico? What's your yeah. opinion? About what you're seeing? I think okay. the future is bright. Yeah. Um, when when April was first diagnosed, nobody even knew what vitiligo was. Now, everybody, you ask anybody, when I go to schools now, they all know what it is. And they can tell me about it, stuff I don't, you know, <laughs> they know more than I do. Um, so I think that makes it that people have a choice about uh, choosing. I, I know that there's different opinions about whether you should use makeup or not wear makeup or mm-hmm. um, we all have a choice. You get to choose. You know, if you don't want to wear makeup, you don't have to wear makeup. And that it's more acceptable that uh, more people know what it is and that they're accepting of it and that it's not as big of a deal. Uh, That's huge. And to see the beauty in it and that it is a, a, I think it's such a beautiful thing. And um, so that there's choices. I love that there's choices. I also see that there's different uh, things going on with treatments. So if you want to get treatments, that that's to get treatments there's not there's not one size fits all that I love that I love that there's such a variety and some people don't want to show it and that that's fine you know that that's that's fine I love one of the lines you just said that it's a beautiful thing yeah here you are a mother with a child that have gone through but you you train her well to from very early how to handle it to the point today where you can say you can look back and say, vitiligo is a beautiful thing. So to a mother out there who don't think it's beautiful, how can yeah. you encourage that mother? What would you say? To that um, that's really a, a good because when I first started on this journey, I didn't know what vitiligo was. I wanted April to fit in. I that's our training is that you want. Yeah. Oh, I want every you know everybody should be the same so that she'll be okay. Um, and, and so it's been a learning process for me. And if you're at the point listening to this and you're thinking, how can you say that vitiligo is a beautiful thing and it's ruining my child's life or whatever? Um, that's it's a learning process and everybody's going to come to it with a different mindset. And for me, it was evolving into this is really beautiful. I mean, to see April's spots some days, there were some really beautiful uh, arrangements and it's like it would change every day because she would get more vitiligo every day almost. Um, And to see all the different people that have vitiligo in her groups that are so beautiful. Her boyfriend also has vitiligo. He's got some beautiful shapes of, and to be able to see it, um, there's a, a, um, a quote by Shakespeare, and I'm not going to say it exactly right, but it's it's not good or bad, but it's what you think about it that makes it so. And Whoa. so, vitiligo, it's do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Or it's just what you can choose the way that you think about it, um, which might seem like a, a stretch for some people, and you you yeah. might grow into that, and you might not. But for me, that's what worked. Um, that I can see the beauty in it, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I can see the beauty and see the beauty in this community of of the different skin colors, and that we are so different, and that's what makes yeah. us so beautiful. I, I really, truly, deeply believe that. Wow. And and as you're saying it, and you know, I close my eyes, and I'm thinking, you to say that about vitiligo being beautiful, you're seeing it purely through eyes of love. 
I I mean, April taught me so much. April taught me so much. And this vitiligo community taught me so much about acceptance and even about accepting myself, like my things that I think are flaws in myself. And then to be able to to go, oh, wait, I can look at that differently. I can see that differently. Um, And it's my choice. Wow. We we have to. I have to go back, li- re- listen to this tape, and begin to write my own book. From what <laughs> yeah, you-, you should, you should. <clears throat> this is beautiful. This is absolutely. I am. Well, I was gonna say I'm. I'm sorry I took so long to get to you, but I'm telling you, this was perfect timing, right, oh, right day, right hour, to be doing this because you've said so much. There's so much that we can take away from this conversation, and especially to parents out there who are struggling, um, mm-hmm. don't see the beauty in their child's vitiligo. You've left mm-hmm. us today thinking there is beauty. If we're looking yes. through the lenses of love, we're all beautiful. Yes. You see, we're beautiful, but you're seeing, we get to see things differently is what you just told yeah. me. Yeah. My goodness. My goodness. And it, I, I um, posted this um, conversation today on the children's page. So I hope parents would give their, op- um, their children an opportunity to listen to, to this conversation. Speak if you would. <clears throat> got a bug in my throat. Speak if you would to a child um, Lord, yeah. who may be listening with their parents. Speak directly to that child right now and say something to that child. Um. Just that vitiligo is, uh, it's an opportunity to see uh, the world differently. Through April's eyes, I could see the world differently. Uh, I, I I know when she was little, there were some girls that were older and had vitiligo, and they took her under their wing and said, you know, you're going to be okay. I think that she would worry, um, you know, how are my friends going to, see me in middle school or when I go to high school, how is this going to work? Am I going to have a boyfriend? And, you know, on and on. And they just said, you're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. And um, so to to say that to any kids that are listening, you're going to be just fine. And that vitiligo is an opportunity. Don't see it as a um, something negative that you can see it as a, as a positive that it, it you and that the the best thing I think for April is she's got this amazing community of friends all yes. over the world as a vitiligo that she's a part of that group this exclusive yes. group that has cool. vitiligo that she can relate to different people um, all over the world. Awesome. Awesome. We had a, a map on our wall, and we would put a pin in where everybody was from all over the world that had vitiligo so that she would know she's not alone. If you're a mm. kid out there with vitiligo, you're not alone. You have an amazing uh, community yeah. of people all over the world yeah. that are just yes. your people. Yes. So there's nothing to be sh- ashamed about. There's nothing to be fearful about. There's you can You can go on and live in this beautiful skin of yours. There's something yeah. you said earlier about the teacher, her um, April's teacher giving her a mirror. Yeah. I see that mirror as, as um, when you see it, we pray that when a child looks into that mirror, that yeah. they not see disfigurement, ugly, mm-hmm. um, 
deformity, but to see the beauty that you referenced earlier. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm moved. I'm moved. I thank you, Lori. I don't know what else to say, but to say thank you. We have to do this again. Um, is there any intention of writing any more? Any any other books coming out of you? Especially for I'm, I'm uh, putting a book together right now, and I can give you more information about it. It's not uh, um, about vitiligo so much, but it's um, it's about magic and oh. and how life how life is good and. I mean, seeing things in a different way, and so maybe there's a little bit in there. Um, yeah. But if, for, for the, if if parents are interested to go to differentjustlikeme.com um, and then go to the resources page and then go down to kids with vitiligo, there's a whole page of uh, of things that you can try, and hopefully yeah. some of those will help. Well, Laurie, uh, I thank you so much for giving up, giving me your time this morning to to to. Share with our community what you're doing, your book, your 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 journey with Viligo through your the eyes and life of your child. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and we look forward to doing it once again. So happy to share. Thank you for inviting me. You're most welcome. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks Stay so well. much. Bye. Bye. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. My conversation today. Wow, I was touched by some of the things that she had to say. Lori Mitchell is out of California, and her beautiful, beautiful daughter, April uh, Mitchell, um, they've been longtime friends, as you've heard, longtime friends uh, of um, of it friends and the work that we're doing, and Lori is um, a supporter of our cause, and we, we thank her. Like I said, she's had um, several ventures out there, and she said, Valby, whatever I get from this, um, function is we coming to you, and we've certainly been blessed by her hand and by her giving. And so, again, you're listening live uh, to our podcast. Um, but um, if you know of anyone that love to get it, love to hear, especially those with children, it can always be found on Spotify, on iHeartRadio. Um, anytime you'd like to get it, it's there. Just search um, for Vit Friends, and it'll come right up. We thank you for your time. We thank you for your continual support of our work, especially, especially, especially in these difficult times um, that we're living in right now, difficult because of pandemic, difficult because of racial issues and more. I love Laurie's book. She said in the book, she pushed diversity. Listen, we're different in so many ways. Green eyes, blue eyes, whatever it is, we're all still special and created by Jehovah God. And so whatever you think of your skin, that's not really where it's at. That's what people see. But help them to see what's on the inside. Help them to see the purity of the heart that's within you. Um at one point, I said to someone, I, I referred to myself as disfigured. And I remember someone at church said, you can't, no, you can't use that word. And I had to say, please, I'm sorry. I am not disfigured by any means, um, as the Indiana Vit Friends group would say, by the use of their name. We are all fearfully 
and wonderfully made. Whether you're 6'2 or 5'2, whether you're 300 pounds or 195, we're fearfully and wonderfully, beautifully designed. The design of this creator on our bodies are so beautiful. I thank Lori for giving me time and uh, we're hoping that we can do it again, especially when she comes out with the new book. But as she mentioned, Different Just Like Me can be found on Amazon. Uh, we talk about it on our website as well, on our children's page. Um, and to put a plug out for the children's side, uh, if you have a young child and you don't know anything about our Pen Pal Patch program, for children's ages 4 to 14, write to us. Uh, we now, as of February 1, we have a teenage group called Purple Patch Teens. Patch Teens is brand new, um, led by our Connecticut leader, Ms. Millicent Meadows, and um, some teen leaders as well, and some um, parent um Advocate um, advisors, we have two parent advisors. Um, they had the privilege of being our guest on the uh, FDA meeting last Monday. We're proud of our team that's leading this um, teens group, ages five, um, 15 through 20. And so you want to get involved. If you have any questions as to what end of this Vitiligo community you can serve, you can partner with, please call us, 844-374-3639, or write to us, support at vitfriends.org. Get involved. Get involved in the fun things that we're doing. Again, we're having Spanish classes up this April um, <clears throat> with cooking and art and wine to follow. Um, we have comedy nights coming up on um, in April on Friday nights. We have so many things. We wanted to be um, a support, uh, a, a, a group in this community that's making a difference by offering things to the community. We want to be givers to this community, not takers. And so um, please search us out, BitFriends. Dot org and uh, see what we're doing. And if you have questions, do not hesitate to call us day or night. If you know someone struggling with their vitiligo, let us know about that as well. Please let us know about that as well. We have no problem reaching out to folks. Listen, it's only Monday and you have six more to go. Enjoy your week. Stay safe. You know what the rules are. God bless you. We love you, vicfriends.org. Bye for now.